Hello, how are you? I hope you're having a super day. This is Heather. Yes, this is the Back to Me podcast. And today I am talking with Holly Copeland and she's so interesting. I mean, when she told me how she got into what she does, and you're going to want to have a listen, um, she blew me away. And so many people that I have found on my journey, I don't know if you've noticed this, started somewhere totally different than where they are today. And their journey, besides what they're doing, what they're doing is fascinating and helping the world. But their journey of how they got into what they're doing is also part of what I love sharing with you. Because if you are on your own journey, we are all on our own journeys. But if you're in a a place on your journey where you're starting to think that you're going crazy, you're not my friend. Everything's going to be fine. And have a listen because one of the messages from this uh, particular podcast is yes, everything is fine. I hope you're having a great day. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. Share it with your friends and I will talk to you again soon. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others, and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way, and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? I hope you're having really an outstanding day. It is a brand new year. Yahoo! Which is always a fresh beginning. And well, come on, every day is a fresh beginning. But today is another fabulous episode of the Back to Me podcast. And I have another fabulous human that I'm going to talk to. To, um, you know, I'm a little bit selfish because I do this also because I get to learn new and exciting things, but I hope it helps you. And today I'm talking to Holly Aaron Copeland from HeartMind Alchemy. Hello, how are you? Hi, Heather. I am great and super excited to be talking to you and your guest today. I know. Um, we were just talking before we came on of how long a process this is. So <laughs> I think we'll end up being over a year since we first talked. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Wow. Crazy, crazy. But that's okay. Everything in its time. Everything in its divine timing. Absolutely. And um, the the first thing that I'm always curious about when I'm talking to people is how did you get into creating this heart mind alchemy um, container? Yeah. Well. <clears throat> um, you know, like, like all of us, I often, this comes from a place of, of, you know, a profound life shift, a profound life change, which is what happened to me too. So I was going along as a, a conservation scientist for the nature wow. conservancy. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought my career was going to be in ecology and conservation science forever, because that's what I was trained in. And it's a dream job by any right to work for the conservancy. And 
you know, I knew the minute that I gave up my position, you know, there would be hundreds of applications for my job of people super excited to do what I was doing, which was working in Wyoming, chasing mule deer and sage grouse around the, the plains and putting collars on them and doing all kinds of kind of sexy biology things. <laughs> um, and, and it was, it was great. And I, a, a number of things were kind of coalescing for me and including kind of a deep, a, like an existential kind of burnout feeling of Groundhog Day, like waking up the next day, you know, the quintessential, where's the fulfillment? I've checked all the boxes, I've done all the things, and yet there's this underlying sense of angst or anxiety or or something that feels right. Something's right. not right. Yeah. And this job, no matter how perfect I make it or my beautiful family or whatever is not, something's not right. And I went on, I'd been on spiritual. Now I, I, you have to understand, like when I was 14, I was meditating and doing channelings and I was in kind of a spiritual world and I'd read lots of spiritual books, but none of those kind of quote unquote spiritual things had cracked the nut of this quintessential feeling of missing something. Right. Yeah. And, um, and also I just was like really over the voice in my head running my life. Like, who is she? And why is she so bossy? And <laughs> why can't I turn her off? <laughs> She's so bossy. <laughs> right. Like, like this voice in our heads, that's going on all the time. And, and we, you know, I think quintessentially, I thought it was me. I thought that's who I was. And um, through, you know, through the grace of, of some amazing teachers that I encountered and, and a real determination. I was a scientist. So let me back this pause for just a second and say, so this is all kind of colliding. And I'm like, I've got a, I've got a something else to shift. I need to figure this out. And I went to a meditation retreat in Colorado and it kind of blew my mind. I'd never sat and meditated for two days and it was hard, right. really hard. Um, and yet at the end of it, something really important shift in my mind felt clearer than it ever had felt. Um, and then I sort of, I, because I was a scientist, I kind of took a scientist approach to it. And I started reading about brainwaves and brainwave science and understanding about alpha and theta and how do you access those. And I got a headset to meditate called the Muse. And I was doing that. And I was on this Facebook community um, tracking my brainwaves and meditating, uh, learning to meditate. And I ran into this teacher who was starting a new course called Raising Our Vibration. And he invited me to join it. And I did. And in this 10-week course with him and this other teacher, Kevin Shaninger, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of kind of deeper, like the deeper meditation truth of what it's really about, which isn't just mindfulness um, and is about that existential question of who we really are. And I started to explore that deeply with them and then explore something called um, Zojin and Mahamudra tradition, Buddhist traditions and direct awakening practices and started to study some teachers in that and really started to unravel this deeper sense of knowing who I am and how to access it and how to befriend life and how to stop resisting all of what's happening. And, you know, the, really what it is, is right. Moving into flow with, with life. Um, 
which is, I think, what that's what meditation really is. It's trying to give us access to this deeper knowing of the goodness and truth of who we are, of our divine being as core, as the ground, as central to who we are. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, the amazing thing to me is you don't have to sit in a cave and meditate for 10 years. You really don't. You know? <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. But some very wise people have, you know, helped me start to cultivate, you know, well, one, directly access it. And then to me, the meditation practice is the practicing of that, which can be done really short, you know, five minutes, or it can be half an hour, it can be an hour. Either way, you're you're dropping out of the conceptual thinking mind, you're dropping out of the one who's always questioning, and you're dropping into this deeper essence of being that we are um, and learning to live from there. That was the start. <laughs> <laughs> and then I layered on some really cool energy practices with tuning forks and breath work and all of that, which we can talk about. But that was the the essence. I also got very sick. I'm going to byline and just say I got mold poisoning in this transition. What? So, oh my gosh. Poisoning. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with a health crisis too. Um, thank you, Spirit, for, you know, also, it wasn't just things were feeling bad. I was like physically ill, and which I now feel like absolutely was divinely, you know, meant to be, even though it was horrific. And I right. would never have thought that at the time. But all of that forced me into this change and into into actually taking all of this so seriously. I couldn't ignore it and couldn't avoid it. Um, to learn to come into live in a place of what I call unshakable joy, which doesn't mean there isn't ever sadness or there isn't ever stuff that arises, but what it does mean is that there's a ground of unshakable well-being that is always there that I know and can feel and that can return to. It's like, I know where to find me as it right. were. I, I, I do find that you'll, you'll find people who, um, I had a couple of thoughts. So the, our culture has become very entrenched in the, uh, you know, the left brain logical and I feel like that, that bossy voice is the voice of almost the voice of society saying, this is what you have to do to be successful in this world. Bah, 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 bah. But so many of us feel emptier yeah. by achieving those goals than like we've achieved something, you know, it, so you're yeah. chasing this carrot and you get there and you think, uh, where's, where's the prize? A hundred percent, right? The, act, my prize. the irony is, is that, you know, the more you, you get closer to what society said you were supposed to be, it was supposed to be it. The sort of the illusion is the further away it actually feels. Right. Um, and then the real work begins when you recognize that. Yes. Yeah. And the, I, and I think some people, um, and I'm going to generalize. So if this isn't you friends, don't worry, that's okay. Um, the, the impression that all of these meditators are navel gazing and, uh, sometimes I'll call them the people of the light who are like, everything's unicorn and rainbows. You know, mm -hmm. the, I think people have the impression that unshakable joy, which I love that term, is you're always happy. But it's not true. It's just you're okay. You're always okay. 
yes. no matter what's going on, you're okay. Exactly. Right? Which is I, a different way to be. It's a completely different way to be. And, you know, I think because, um, like, as an as a deep environmentalist, because remember, I was, you know, like, the earth is my greatest love. And I was spending my whole life working for the planet and try to make things better, right? And every day, all I can, all I'm seeing are all the problems being coming at me, all the water quality issues and the air quality issues and the species that are dying and all of this, right? And so it's like you're trying to chase after making the you know, planet, I was trying to chase after making the planet okay and doing my part, thinking that at some point I'd sort of feel like that was enough. But the problem was it was never ever enough. And so there was a, a, a sense that nothing was ever okay, ever. Right. And the only time I could ever feel like things were okay would be a little bit like window dressing where I would kind of take a break and ignore what was there and just like feel okay, right? Um, you know, whether that's a weekend or a vacation or a party with friends or something. And so, um, and, and I remember being in this, I was doing this um, work with a shaman and she, in one of our sessions said, you know, Holly, everything will be okay. And I just burst into tears. It like hit me to the core and I hadn't realized that the central problem was that I had this feeling that nothing was ever okay or would be okay. And that was what I had to face. And that was the problem I had to actually solve with how, and this is the work that I do. I feel like my central work in the world, if I had to boil it down, is to help people find fundamental okayness in a world that feels like it's falling apart. Right. Things can be falling apart around you, but you actually have a central feeling of wholeness and well-being. And it's a completely different place to live. That that ground, I believe that ground is exactly what the whole spiritual path is about. That's what, you know, um, that's what Jesus meant. If, you know, he said the kingdom of heaven is within and all the different tradi religious traditions, no matter which one you subscribe to at this core, there is usually a message that is within you is this fundamental okayness, this right. knowing of our, of our well-being and divinity. Yeah. And we do lose track of, I, I have found we lose track sometimes of what is the message exactly? You know, we, we add on all these things yeah. because we like things and, right. and I, I understand the things sometimes help people focus and um, get in deeper, but it is true. It's like, they all say the same thing. And I just had this, uh, it was a small epiphany. <laughs> And it was something that I knew, but it's, there's knowing and knowing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's all this, you know, Gandhi's like, be the change, be the change, be the change. So we see this world that seems to be, pardon my language, going to hell in a handbasket. What's up yeah. with you guys? Like, yeah, we were talking a little bit about it before we came on and, um, I don't watch a lot of mainstream news and people say, you can say, you know, you're burying your head in the sand. I'm like, I'm not burying my head in the sand. I'm aware of what's going on. But what came to me recently was if I can change myself, 
that will have a bigger impact than me trying to go out and change what's happening. And that's really counterintuitive to our logical brains. It's like, no, I have to go do something. I have to go make something happen. Partly, I think we're afraid to have a little look indoors. Yeah, I call it, you turn on your inner eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you can make that place where you are okay with what, what things are going on, it doesn't mean you're not, um, I feel like, it doesn't mean you're not working towards making things better or helping, like in your way is you're helping people find their space so they can be okay. And I feel like those ripples outwards are what makes the difference rather than me going, standing on a picket line and throwing rocks at yep. logging trucks or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, 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 and yes. That was what I discovered too, because I'd done my version of throwing rocks at logging trucks, right? I'd done that. And it just made me angry and frustrated. And what I think now, especially when we consider what science is showing, what quantum science is showing about the interconnectedness, the interconnected web that we exist in, the plasma, you know, 99.9% .9 of this field is plasma. It's all connected. And then there's the zero point field underlying all of that, that everything's arising in. So all of us are connected, which means that if we bring our anger and frustration into the field, then that's what we're meant. That's what we're sending into the field. And I think the field needs every single one of us, every single person listening, which is why I do this, needs to know that them bringing love and coherence into the field is what the field needs. That's right. what will change the world. And one analogy I like to use is like, think of, you know, if there's a fire and, and, we're the firefighter, you know, you're the firefighter and you're coming to the fire, right? The house is on fire, which, you know, is the metaphor for the world. And we, ex the firefighter that's coming to the fire, we expect them to be like, I'm here ready to help, right? What if our firefighters showed up and they were like, oh my God, there's a giant fire. Somebody do something, right? You know, we'd be like, um, wait, wait, you're, you know, you're supposed to, no help, please, right? I think that's actually what happens in our world. Like, we need, this, this path is asking every one of us to come as the firefighters to the fire that is the world, which means this world needs us, just like you're saying, each of us to do the inner work, to be okay, so we can come to the fire and say, yes, I am here ready to help. Right. And the beauty of that is then that you get to be the hero of your own story. You get to be the one who's well. You get to live in the body that is here ready to help rather than the body that's like, oh, oh my God, you know, the world's on fire, which doesn't feel good. Nobody no, wants it feels to terrible. Feels terrible. Right. You're always stressed out and you're always worrying and you get this little wrinkle thing right here. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know. And it's not an overnight flip the switch thing, right? So how long have you been on your path? This has been about a five-year journey. Oh, um, good for you. Yeah. So this shift happened actually fairly quickly. I, I would say I, once I fell into it, I was determined to figure it out. I would say I made the shift in about a period of two years, the serious awakening shift turned in about a period of two years. Right. And of course, it's never, we're not done. There's continued um, unfolding. It's never done. Never done. So you kind of like give up the idea that it's done. But I do think that 
making that shift into fundamental well-being can happen very quickly, surprisingly quickly, because the tools that I share with people and teach can, you know, it's like you, the light can turn on and you're just like, oh, that's it. That's what we're talking about. Right. And I like to um, remind people there's nothing wrong with you, but you mm -hmm. could be better. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. it's not a race to see who can be enlightened faster. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, the Tibetans say everybody's already enlightened. So, uh, you know, you already are awake. It's actually here. It's just a recognition. Right. Um, but it's all, we are already that. I mean, I see the light and the, the, the divine enlightened one in every single person. We all have it. My husband and I always remind each other, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're going to ascend to another plane of existence where it's all sunshine and rainbows. You're just pretty chill with what's going on in the world. And yeah. that's beautiful. And what, so your tools, so you use, it's heart, mind, alchemy, which yeah. reminded me immediately of Greg Braden. Mm. Greg, if you're listening, I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Greg Braden. Right? Yeah. Greg, are you out there? Yeah. Um, we're all interconnected, so I know he can hear me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are you using, what kinds of tools do you use when you're helping people get that kind of shift? Yeah, well, the primary, like I, I say three tools, um, awaken, heal, breathe are my pillars. Awaken, heal, breathe. Um, the awaken part is the, is the, the knowing is the the guidance of dropping into presence and being, um, which is, I mean, it, you know, even just right now, I, I can just point to saying that if you just, you know, just stare up at the, you know, wall or at some object, right, and just notice there's a presence here. So just notice, you know, okay, I can see the wall, whatever, whatever I'm looking at, and then I close my eyes. Okay, that presence is here. The wall disappears. The object disappears, but the knowing of the wall is still here. And then I might open my eyes back up and the wall's back here, but the same presence is here. That didn't change whether I closed my eyes or not. I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but that's actually what, what we're pointing to, the awake consciousness that is each of us that isn't the thing we're looking at that is the, the unchanging presence of all aspect of being. And so that uh, knowing and then knowing the qualities of that presence is as unchanging, as limitless, as timeless, right? It doesn't change over time. And the awake consciousness, there's nothing to fix. It's already perfect just as it is. And um, so starting to work with that awake consciousness is actually primary, not secondary, uh, is the, the kind of essence of the path. And, and knowing the beautiful, unconditional love that is the awake consciousness. So, yeah. We do, we do want it to be complicated sometimes, right? Oh, I have to fix something. And it can't be this easy because if it's that easy, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Buddha said when he got up that, it, that if, you know, if he said how easy it was, nobody would believe him. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, you guys. Yeah. Why do you want your life to be complicated? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, that's a good question to ask yourself. Why do you want it to be complicated? 
Do you feel you won't achieve something if it's not hard? Exactly. What is it you're trying to achieve? Who is the one that needs to achieve something? Who is that? Who is that person? That's probably the bossy voice. Right. Exactly. You know, and then I do a lot of work with people of like going into who is that bossy voice? Where did, when and where did it form? And let's have a relationship with the bossy voice. Doesn't mean, you know, we have to make her wrong or make her go away. We just, we start to cultivate a relationship with these voices from awake consciousness in, you know, that is like the ocean in which all the waves are doing their thing or the sky that has clouds, you know? The clouds are there. They're not a problem. You stop. It's one way to look at it is stop seeing that everything arising is a problem, you know, and, and just like the sky can, can just allow the clouds. We can start to allow the bossy voice even to be like, okay, that's interesting. There's a bossy voice, right. You know, and uh, not reacting to her, but responding differently. Yeah. It is a different, it is a totally different way of, um, of being with who, with yourself, you know, instead of uh, thinking that nothing is in your control or not even recognizing, I think some people who, um, who don't, they actually don't recognize their negative. Yeah. yeah. Because I know people who, who I, um, uh, I'll say to my husband, oh, that person, just nothing ever makes them happy. But I'm pretty sure if I asked them, they would say they were a happy person. Right, right. And it's, it's interesting to to make that shift. Can you listen to what you say mm-hmm. as a third party and recognize the dialogue that happens inside or outside? Yeah. And then decide, is that the dialogue that you want to have? Right. Is that the ongoing script that's going to play out in your head? Or right. can you be intentional about what you choose to play? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the second tool that I use, because um, I think this is a good place to move into it. Mm. So, you know, I, my model, my understanding is that the so everything is energy right we live in an electric energetic universe everything is waves and energy and so one way to view emotion in us emotion energy in motion is like a stuck energy pattern or an incoherent stuck energy pattern in the body Mm -hmm. and to me it's like you know i'm holding a fist up for people listening it's like a frozen fist in the body that it has been held in place um you know, by some trauma, you know, let's say, you know, your parents yelled at you, you know, incessantly when, and starting when you were five years old or something like that. So there's a fear and anger of that, that, you know, not being able to vocalize um, that, that's stuck in the body that wants to open it naturally wants to open. And so the um, process, both of kind of somatically working with it, which I do with clients, but also with tuning forks. So I, I'm a biofield tuning practitioner. I work with teacher Eileen McCusick. And what she taught me is that we, you know, you can use tuning forks to help free these dissonant, incoherent patterns in the body and bring them into 
uh, coherence, which is a higher vibratory state and where energy can flow. And when you do that, then you don't, and you release that, then those patterns stop coming up. So the fear, the anger, whatever, we can release it and then it's gone. Now there right. may be multiple layers of it. It can be like an onion, but those central, like if you sort of have a central trauma and you always, you know, feel, I don't know, guilty and shameful about your body image, say, and that was created when you were, you know, a young child from your mother and whatever, you can, those feelings of guilt and shame are energy patterns in your body. We can work with them with biofield tuning, work to release them, and then they stop coming up. Like the voice of guilt and shame can, will stop arising when the energy pattern that's holding it in place in the field and in the body is released. So it's a really beautiful way to work with something like, let's say a really common one, guilt and shame over the body in an energetic way where we don't have to convince ourselves in talk therapy, you know, um, which, you know, not, there are great things about talk therapy and there are other approaches. So we can work with this in a, in a vibratory level to clear those patterns. Right. Yeah. And I, I talk therapy does a lot of very good things, but sometimes I feel like for me, talk therapy just puts more of what I don't want in, into the field. You know, it's like, it's like, it's replaying and replaying and where does the clearing happen? Yes. Which was why when I went to unstick some things, I went to a hypnotherapist and I do yoga and I've been teaching yoga for a really long time. I can't remember over 20 years and I've seen it in class. Like it is stuck in the body. Even as a massage therapist, I retired from massage therapy, 14 years of massage therapy. And you can be treating uh, a physical piece of the body and something gets released uh, and the right. person doesn't know what it is. And my response was, you don't need to necessarily just like, let it go on its way because now it's unstuck. But sound is super powerful. Like sound is such a powerful, even in yoga, like the sound of Om is a super important sound, right? Absolutely. Yes. These intonations, I've been listening to Dr. Teresa Bullard. This, She's actually a physicist, but mm. she's been talking about um, using like what sound does and the vibrations of it and um, the, the specific sound waves that it makes and how it affects the things around it. And you can see it. Like, remember in Jurassic Park when the the Tyrannosaurus was walking and you can see the water doing this? It was just sound. <laughs> it, right. It wasn't actually the dinosaur walking. There was no dinosaur. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. It was actually like heavy metal sounds from reading about how they filmed that. It was actually music that was making that water do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. So, you know, we can, we can heal, you know, a very effective healing technique is actually to work at the vibratory level. And that's, you know, the beautiful power of sound that's being shown more and more, you know, frequency medicine, um, you know, Albert Einstein himself said the future of medicine will be frequency medicine, you know. And I think it bypasses that part of your brain that says, no, 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 this is bull. Yeah. Because it doesn't require your brain 
to do anything to work. Right? That's right. That's right. You don't have to, it doesn't, you don't need to believe it to think it for it to be real or for it to work. So yeah, it's really, really beautiful that way. And I've just seen some amazing things, you know, shifts happen for people I've worked with. So which is, super grateful. which is why we do this, right? We want to help shift the world okay. into something fabulous because it can be, it can be fabulous. And you have Insight Timer. We talked about Insight Timer and I've talked about Insight Timer before. I love Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a free version. No, they're not going to stalk you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I used it for many, many years free first before I, you know, uh, got the paying version, which you can get courses and stuff. And then and you have stuff on there, right? You I have, do. I have over 20 or 25 meditations on Insight Timer. Um, and I also, like I said, I'm, I'm in the process of creating a course. And I, off, I occasionally do live events on Insight Timer too. Oh, yeah. cool. And, and for people who don't know, it's just an app for your phone. Google and Androids can have it. And uh, there's a lot of really skilled teachers. You can use the timer. You can go explore people. And there's so much available on there. And I know when people are first starting out in meditation, they think they're going to do something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what, what's wrong? <laughs> what could you possibly do wrong? Which I don't totally understand. No, you're not going to cause the world to stop turning if you, if you meditate well, wrong. But yeah, but it is right. It is daunting to know, like, what do I do? Like, right. I don't understand. What do I do? And, um, you know, if you're in that place and you want some guidance, you know, there's lots of guidance on Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have some very basic meditations. I'm actually a Neuro Meditation Institute meditation teacher as well. And that uses kind of a brainwave centered approach to understand like what kinds of meditation would most benefit certain people, you know, whether it's more of a focused meditation or whether it's more of a heart based meditation. So you, I've got some neuro meditations on there. Um, and then a lot of non-dual awareness, a lot of this pointing into awake awareness and how that path can really help you come into unshakable joy. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. The, the, the non-duality is, that's something to get your brain around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's best actually, if you don't use your brain, yeah. I know. Mine gets in the way, right? But it is something to get your heart around and just drop into your heart and, um, you know, let these meditations just kind of work their way on you. It's, 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 I mean, there's nothing more profound in my humble opinion. And I, I love that you call it heart mind alchemy instead of mind heart alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, absolutely for me, this was a path, you know, I called it heart mind alchemy because I feel like my path has been one of, you know, alchemizing the mind with the heart into a place of well-being, you know, and um, yeah, alchemizing that sticky, uh, bossy, um, annoying voice in the head. And how do we really, how do we wake down out of the, I always felt like as a scientist and person like busy, I was very good at being successful. I was a straight A student and, you know, I was really good at like being quote unquote successful at life. Right. Like, what I actually found, like none of that matters, it really doesn't matter. You know, if you work in a coffee shop, God bless you. And I swear to God at the end of my you know, career, when I was like trying to make the shift, 
I, so many times I said, I just think I need to quit and work in a coffee shop because, you know, that feels like that will be happiness and peace for me. <laughs> and people will love you. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're making coffee. You're making coffee. I still think if I could make a good living doing it, that might be what I would do. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, but I really think it's like, you know, so none of the outward successful things really matter, right? What matters is can we step out of the office of the mind, out of like what's kind of to me the original operating system, this operating system into an upgraded operating system that operates out of the heart and is heart-based knowing and a heart-based way of knowing the world where it's out of, in a way, out of time, out of space, into just sort of an ever-present sense of well-being and okayness. And stuff's going to come and go, and um, that's what life's doing. That's what it's doing through us. You know, it's we're having this beautiful dancing experience with, with the 3D world. Um, and we can dance with it when we are taught how. Right. That's really the art of it. And what the problem is is that Western society – does not teach us how to dance. Western society teaches us a model that uh, uh, is good for companies and creates, you know, uh, factory, a workers. factory workers and a lot of money, right? And um, that's because power and money has driven our system. That's the model. And all the Western education, I mean, that's basically still, it's knowledge-based. That's what it's teaching as a model of success, you know, not, nowhere in there is it saying if you're a coffee shop worker, you're just as good. You're, you know, you're equivalent. It's trying to tell us that we have to be something, right. which is a false message, you know. And to me, it's this coming back to this upgraded operating system that all of us can bring online. It's easier than you think. And then in it, once you're there, then you get the joy of dancing with the world however you want. So, you know, whether you want to be an artist or whether you want to, you know, do computer programming or whether you want to be a doctor or, or a mom or it doesn't matter. It's like whatever your life's joy is, you've, you've kind of brought online this system that interacts with the world in, a, in an inherently whole loving way that will continue to feed your soul, feed your being and support a knowing that you're infinitely well and divine and whole. And um, it's your birthright to know this. It's all of our birthright to know this. That's what will save the world, you know? Oh, so good. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. I feel like we this conversation could go on and on because all these ideas flow into my head but I have to respect my audience. So, um, but they are going to want to know more. So where can they find you? Well, they can find me at heartmindalchemy.com. Um, and, and on the insight timer and on insight timer. Yep, absolutely. And um, it's Holly Aaron Copeland. If you're trying to find her on insight timer, it is Holly Aaron Copeland. And um you know, and feel free to reach out to me on my website. Um, I, I lead a twice monthly group session that's very affordable. And I do a deep transformational breathwork, which we didn't talk about, but it's like crazy transformative. If you want 
I mean, I've, I warn people. I mean, people have told me afterwards, like, you didn't tell me how powerful this was. Like, but it really is that powerful. Amazing. Um, and I lead those once a month. And then I do um, group sound healing and guided meditation kind of into some of this, what I've been talking about. Um, and I do one-on-one, -on -one, you know, coaching as well. Um, I'm writing a book. Um, so that look for that to be published sometime later this year, which I'm really excited about. What is it? What's your working title? The working title is Inner Rewilding. A Thank you. A journey to find <clears throat> wholeness in a world that feels like it's falling apart. I love that name. Yeah. Thank That's you. so good. <clears throat> I really feel like in essence, what is unfolding for me is this is a little bit to what I spoke to about the, the, <laughs> the Western material world that wants us to think, you know, to be this model of success so, so that it can gain profit, right? I feel like what we're really doing is undomesticating. We're untaming ourselves and reclaiming this wild heart space that each of us is that's, <clears throat> that is asking us to be our creative, beautiful, loving expression of whatever that is for you, you know? This crazy vintage vision of, you know, the end of the school year when the doors bust open, the kids run out screaming. Ah. <laughs> I, love I love it. Yeah, that's what I'm that's, free. That's what, that's what I love that, Heather. That's what I want for everybody listening. That's what I want for the world is for us to inner rewild ourselves. And, it, you know, um, newsflash, that's going to be, you know, that that isn't going to work maybe as well with our existing economic system, because each of us are going to be our own entrepreneurs and our own, you know, the, the, the world will look different, but we will be joyful and free. And, and we'll be okay. And we'll be okay. We'll be okay, everybody. Yep. yep. And all along the way, by the way, we'll be okay uh, as we remake ourselves. So we don't have to like be in pain while we do that. We actually get to be okay and then remake, remake the world. Understanding, yeah. and don't worry, everybody, because if you didn't get all that written down, it's going to be in the show notes. So you will absolutely be able to find Holly. And any final deep thoughts? Ooh. They don't have to be deep. Final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you know. I heard this the other day, and this is what's coming for me to share, you know, because our focus of some of this was on, you know, the, the kind of narrator voice in the head, you know, which is the brain is divided into two parts, left and right hemisphere. And that creates this kind of division in our head, but our heart isn't that way. Our heart is a single organ. There's no division. So even right now, you know, you can just listen and drop down into the heart, bring the center of your awareness into the heart space and then look out of the world as though you're looking out through the eyes of the heart. Just notice what experiential shift you have in, in your being in the world, just from shifting the center of your awareness from behind your eyes, to the center of your awareness behind your heart. You feel that, Heather? I have plants in front of me because they sit in my window and I just went... Oh, look how great you guys are. <laughs> it's like there's an open, soft, loving awareness immediately if you do that shift. So uh, my, my um, message is that this shift is much closer than you think. 
It is not harder than what I just showed you. Yes, there's more, lots of room to explore and lots of ways that we can learn to integrate this in our life. But this fundamental upgraded operating system is as simple as learning to center your awareness in your heart and look out at the world through the eyes of your heart and the division and the judgment, right? When you're looking out at your heart, just like, do you, do you have a body image? Can you have a body image issue when you're looking out from the eyes of your heart? It's like, you can't even find it, right? And you can't judge others either, right? And you can't judge others. Like that's the miracle, right? Like, I mean, I had body issues for so long, you know, many, many, many years. Um, and it took me a lot of work. And then, and then all of a sudden, when I sort of learn how to get out of my head, it's like, oh, it's not there. If you, if you can actually shift into this upgrading operating system. So, um, yeah, yeah, just it's closer than you think. And it's yeah. all of us have it. That's my message. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks for hanging out with me. I think we're going to have to do another one because I want to talk about a whole bunch of things. I would love to. Come back. I would absolutely right. love to come back and talk to you more. You know, I'm consumed with Greg Braden's information. And oh, I'm, yeah. oh my God, I'm down a second round of walls. So we'll have to talk. Okay. But my friends in podcast land, really, come on. You know what to do. You already instinctually know what to do. But if you want some help, call Holly call me. It's all in the show notes. It's all there for you. Take care of yourselves. Share this with your friends because they need it too, because we need to change the world. Thank you, my friends. Take care. Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this. Just give it a like. Give it a comment. If you found something useful in it, there's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help, you can email me at heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one. If you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.